Hello, welcome to Persuade You, the podcast where I, Stephen, recommend to you, the listener, stuff and things that I think are worth your time in checking out. This is the new sound. This is what I'm going to sound like from here on out. This is a boom arm and a shock mount, which for those of you looking into getting into podcasting, I strongly encourage you to get both of these things. I didn't because I didn't think I needed them because I wasn't sure how long I was going to be doing this. And here we are. (laughs) So I definitely wanted to invest in some stuff and make sure that I was giving you, the listeners, the best quality sound that I could produce without, you know, breaking the bank. So the next big purchase will be a new microphone. With that, I will likely have to get a new shock mount or boom arm depending on what it is, but that's a topic for another time. Uh, If you guys can't tell the difference, that's okay. I'm the one that has to edit this every single week, and I'm very familiar with what I sound like in the audio recording, so don't feel bad if you can't tell the difference. I'm really happy because it frees up my arms and I can actually sit up with good posture and talk instead of, you know, hunched down to talking to my microphone. So other than that, uh, moving on, I wanted to thank everybody for rating and reviewing on Apple Podcasts or CastBox or Podchasers, wherever you rate and review. Thank you so much. I read them all the time. Uh, every new one that goes up, I make sure that I check it out because I want to make sure that you guys are enjoying what you have. So thank you so much. And without further ado, let's get started. Okay, so let's get started. This week's recommendation is going to be a couple of them, but basically the broad topic is Cesar Milan's dog training books. And I'm going to personally recommend How to Raise the Perfect Dog and Caesar's Way. Those are the two books that I'm going to recommend this week. And honestly, this recommendation has been building up for a long time because if you are a close friend or family member, I've probably given you one of these books. And uh, either that or we've had discussions on these books. And I think this is the backstory to why this is a recommendation stems back to about four years ago now, one of the YouTubers that I I follow almost religiously is CGP Grey. I will have links to his stuff in the show notes, as well as the video I'm about to talk about. He did a Q&A, and within that Q&A, one of the questions that was asked was, any advice for new teachers? And his response was, watch the dog whisperer. I am deadly serious about this. And then he says, it's also my advice for new parents. I thought at the time, this is four years ago now, that 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 was, there was no way. That just sounds ridiculous, right? Like what, why would, why, why? Because my knowledge of Caesar Milan before this was, he's the dog whisperer, he's been on some shows, some people like him, some people hate him, whatever. I never watched any of his stuff. I never listened to any of his stuff, ever. And then, (laughs) and then I had Ariel. Uh, my daughter, she was born and I was like, well, no better time than the present. And so I read it and, oh man, uh, yeah, I think it really, really, really helps. But also for training dogs, basically what it's for is to help you become a better, not only person overall, but you know, being able to raise your dogs, your pets, right? A lot of people, one of the One of the biggest takeaways from this is that a lot of people will raise their animals like they're humans. They will spoil them nonstop. They will coo them when they get hurt or all these other things. And it's not to say you shouldn't care or shouldn't love them, but I think that a line gets very blurry when you treat your animals like they are humans because they're not. And yeah, I have 
animals, and I'm working on training my mom's puppy right now. Her name is Kara, and she is a very hyperactive, very small lab, and she is in desperate need of training, and so I took her on and now I am training her and I'm reading back through these books just as a refresher most of it I know most of it is easy and I trained up my puppy Triton um, most of what I knew but it's been a long time and I didn't get to spend as much time with him as I wanted to because I was still in the military so he went to my parents and so now I'm being able to train both of them and I think it's really important to read these I think these are the kind of books where it's not directed at you personally. These are not books where it's like a self-help or it's like, uh, are you this kind of person? Well, here, check this out. No, I think these books are very much take what you need and leave what you don't. There's a lot of talk of like energy and like how you're projecting yourself towards your animals. Energy gets eh, a little hand wavy for me. I prefer it as like the attitude you come at your dogs with. If you come home anxious and nervous, they're going to feed off that and become anxious and nervous as well. But if you come home calm, cool, collected, so will they. And when you talk to them, if you've had a really bad day, a lot of times some people will lash out or could project those feelings onto their, their new puppies or whatever. I think it's really easy to blame the animal for its behavior or for wetting the carpet or taking your socks or whatever without first thinking, oh, okay, well, why is the puppy doing this? Just like kids. And I think that is what I, I really want to harp on. I think to an extent, and I don't want too many people to read into this because there's so much I could talk about and so much behind this, but I, I need you to understand that as a parent and as somebody that has trained numerous dogs, raising a child honestly is so much harder than raising a puppy. But there are a lot of things that are very similar that you can take from one and apply to the other. The biggest one is boundaries. And of course, again, I want to say that you should be reading these books or at least pick one and go with it. Then you'll kind of see what I'm talking about. I listen to it on Audible. Obviously, we've been over this. I am a huge advocate for Audible. Caesar narrates his own books, but eh. <laughs> I prefer the narrator John Mayer. I know, that sounds ridiculous, right? Not that John Mayer, a uh, different John Mayer, but his voice is really calm and soothing, and I really like the way that he narrates the books. Again, Caesar Milan, he narrates his own books, but also you can have a different narrator if you choose. Also, if you're in a different country and speak a different language, you also have a different narrator that you can choose from. So there are plenty of options. Of course, buying the books is a, another choice that you can do, but I really think there are a lot of parallels between raising a puppy and a child. One of the biggest ones that is gone over is setting boundaries. I think a lot of people, when they get a new puppy or they get a new baby, yeah, they have rooms that are for them. Of course, that was in quotations. But when they start moving around the house or learning where everything is, there are no boundaries. There are no places where that crawling infant or that puppy can't go. There are a lot of people that say, oh, you should let your dog explore every room in the house. N no, why? They don't need to go into my room. There's no reason for them to. They need to learn their area first, get potty trained first. Then maybe once they're a little more trained up, then I'll let them go throughout the house. For an infant, a child, I know for me, 
my room was off limits. Uh, Ariel wasn't allowed to come in my room until she was much older and was much more polite about it. Until that time, I had a baby gate. Baby gates are a godsend. And uh, if you are not using a baby gate, you should go get one. Seriously, you can go to like a Goodwill or a Walmart. You could find them for like five bucks, if that. And they are amazing. But not only that, I think it's setting boundaries is really important. A lot of people don't realize that if a dog thinks that they can go everywhere, anywhere, okay, well, what about when you have other dogs over? What happens if you have other people over? They're going to think that they're in their area. They don't have a designated spot. Now you have a brand new stranger or a new dog that is in their area. Now what? They don't know how to react. They don't know how to make sure that their stuff is protected. And it's the same as like, having somebody or like you going over to like sleep over at a friend's house, right? You don't know like when it's your first time, right? You don't know what you can and can't do. And so really you just kind of, at least for me, I just like stuck to whoever I was staying at their house with. And I was just, anything I ever did, I was always making sure that I was okay or, you know, what I was allowed to do or what I wasn't allowed to do. And then sometimes I would just stay quiet and I would just sit still and like do whatever in that small little area. And you're going to do that to your dog. They're going to either do one of two things. They're going to get super defensive or they're going to retreat into themselves. And you don't want either one of those. So both of those are really important. So we have attitude, like how you come at your puppies, but also with your kids. Kids. Again, there are a lot of similarities and I don't want to say that your kid is a dog. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is that when it comes to raising them, there are a lot of things that transition from one another. And I just want to make sure I'm harping on that because I don't want to get a bunch of angry emails, you know, from, from listeners saying that, you know, I called their, their kids dogs. But what's interesting is that I think if you can if you can handle raising a child, you should be able to handle raising a puppy, but that's not the same. You don't see that very often. You see excellent parents, but they're not very good dog owners. Not that they abuse their dogs or that they, you know, beat them all the time or completely ignore them. But what they do with their kids, they often don't transition to their animals. You know, you you take your kids to the park, you take your kids shopping, you take your kids wherever. And then you come home and your dog's been sitting in the kennel all day or cooped up in a house, but you don't take them for a nice long walk or to a dog park or play fetch or whatever. And that is kind of what is meant by like, if you're going to do it here, do it here as well. Uh, just make sure that you tweak it a little bit. That way it makes sense. And I honestly think 100% that any parent should read at least one of these books, period. I think it is the easiest, most hands-down recommendation I can give. But let's say that there are maybe some things that you want to know before going into getting a new book or things that you could implement right now that would really help around the house when it came to like your dogs. What are some small things that you can do that should change their behavior? So the first things first is, you know, of course, how you come home and how they react. If your dog is jumping all over you, when they get back, when you get home, that's not excitement. And this is something that takes a long time to kind of realize, and it took me a long time to realize before these books and then after, is that no, this is pent up energy. And I don't mean like hand wavy energy. I mean like when somebody's been sitting still for hours and hours in a classroom and then they finally get to go out for recess, like, yeah, they're going to run around and swing and kick balls and everything. It's the same thing with your dogs. So the first thing you need to do when you get there is if they're jumping all over you, you need to make sure that they stop. Now, a lot of people like <laughs> a lot of people will make fun of 
Caesar for like his sound effects and like the things that he does. But really, it doesn't matter what sound effect you make, whether it's no or yes or come or sit or stay, whatever. It doesn't matter so long as you're consistent with that sound. They don't know any better. They're dogs. They respond by sight sound and smell. If you can remember those, you'll be just fine. So whatever you decide to do when it comes to, you know, raising them. And again, like this is a very paraphrased version and the book is way better. So when you get there, make sure you enforce that sound effect. Make sure that they know that that means not to jump and that you will get to them as soon as you get your stuff down. Then when you're done, you need to take them or her out, like for a walk, not for like take them outside, let them go to the bathroom, then right back inside. You've done nothing. <laughs> like I get that you like we're all busy and being in quarantine isn't ideal, but going going outside for a couple of minutes so they can use the bathroom and then coming right back inside doesn't do anything to relieve release any of that energy. You need to take them for a walk or play fetch or do any of these things. And so that is what needs to be done. So exercise them. Exercise comes before food because they need to release all that energy. Then after a good exercise slash workout, bring them back and then they eat. Now you've done two things that are excellent for a dog's health. A, eating so that they don't, you know, die. And then exercise. We all need exercise and the exercise is going to benefit you as well. If you're going on like neighborhood walks or hikes or any of these things, these are great moments to bond with your dog and enjoy the time that you guys have. It's excellent and it's great for their health as well. And so doing both of these is going to improve all of that. Now, of course, when it comes to how to walk your dog, how to work on commands and heal and that type of stuff, that I'm going to refer to the book. There are a lot of subtle things that you need to do and be conscious of when you're bringing your dog along or your new puppy or what have you. These are a lot of things that will be found in the book. And it also goes for raising a child. Like my... <laughs> My dad didn't read The Dog Whisperer when I was being brought up, but, and this is this is funny because I, I know it so well I can hear it in my head. My dad never yelled at me, like, in public or really anywhere. It was a very, it was very quiet, but, like, his voice was really well known to me, and it's the same with your kids and your dogs. Your voice, they know your scent, they know it all. So when we would be in public and I would like wander off, again, we've covered this, I have ADHD, I was unmedicated as a kid, so I would wander or be reading something or, or whatever. <laughs> and then, you know, when him and my mom would walk off to go do something else, my dad wouldn't yell at me, he wouldn't come over to get me. What I would hear from like down the aisle way or wherever was this, it was like a whisper, but it was like a like a commanding whisper, he would be like, Steven, but like from far away. And I could hear that. And I was like, oh, okay, got it. Got to go. It's the same exact thing with your animals. You don't have to say their name, their name. And this is another, this is another key point that I also want to really stress when using your dog's name, that should be a positive thing. You shouldn't use their name as a reprimand. You shouldn't say, what's a common dog name? Rover. Yeah, there we go. That's a good one. You shouldn't say Rover. No, you, you shouldn't like their name should be associated with pleasure, with like good, with getting to go for walks or, you know, with praise and reward, not discipline. When it comes to discipline and training, you need to make sure that you are using whatever sound effect as the negative 
that you're using and then their name for praise. Or when you want them to come to you, it should be with, I don't know, happy emotion. You should say, hey, Rover, come here and stuff, kind of things like that. You shouldn't, you know, reprimand with their name because then they're going to associate their name with bad instead of their name with good. There is one thing that I want to make sure is said here, and that's whatever you learn in these books or whatever you learn on my podcast or any other podcast or uh, from a friend or a family member is that make sure that you listen to your veterinarians or your physicians, like your primary care, whether that be a nurse or a doctor, what have you. It's the same for animals. You can do a lot of things when it comes to how to properly raise and train your animals. Just the same way you can do everything to make sure you properly raise and nurture your child. But if something's wrong or you think that something's off or you're not quite sure, go consult a professional. You can do everything in the world, but there are some things that may be over your head. There are some things that are over my head. Uh, And so I think it's important that you make sure that you do everything you can but there are some red flags you should keep a lookout for, and those go are gone over in the books. And those are some things that you should look out for, especially like, of course, if like your puppy or, or dog gets hurt, don't sit there and try and do like self-aid or if they are, you know, lashing out at you when you can't figure out why, or there are a lot of different flags that you need to keep an eye out for. These are those times where you should either hire like a professional dog trainer or take them into the vet and make sure that there's nothing clinically wrong with them. Those could identify the root cause of the problem, as well as making sure that you are not covering up something that could be more severe or life-changing. On top of this, I want to, I also want to recommend that if you are looking for a new puppy or a new dog, there are like a couple ways that you can do it. Of course, you know, if like a friend just had a litter, you can go to them. I would discourage against this unless your friend is like a dog breeder and is going to pay for like all the shots and the initial training and everything. Eh. I mean, sure, it could be free or at a discount rate, but free is relative because if you have to take that dog to get all of their shots and all of the things, that's not free. <laughs> you, you just now basically helped them to not pay to get their dogs taken care of. So the first one is going to a licensed professional breeder. They will a lot of the times have the shots taken care of. They will have them either leash trained or at least working on being leash trained or at least ready to go into a kennel. They should have like a certificate to go along with them. They should also have you come over before you buy. That way they can see if you're a good fit for their dogs because a licensed breeder isn't one that's going to, you know, just try and get these dogs out the door. That way, you know, they can be free of them. They care about what they do and they're going to make sure that you are a right fit for the one that they take. And also they should make sure that if you have trouble or you're over your head or you can't dedicate as much time to them, as you want that you can bring them back that way they don't end up on the street or you know in a pound somewhere and could end up being put down and then the other one of course is going to a shelter there is there are a lot of pets that don't have homes and you see a lot of people go get pets at the peak holiday season but then you also have the bounce back because a lot of people realize how hard it is or you know the classic the kid didn't take care of it so now I have to but I'm too stressed and I can't do my work and do all this stuff so they take them back but a lot of those times those dogs end up being euthanized for no fault of their own and that's that's really sad because you know you could do so much with one life and this i didn't mean for this to turn into how to get a pet 
Uh, it's kind of kind of funny that it did turn into that, but those are the best things that you can do, making sure that they have their shots, that they go see a vet, that you know how much it's going to be when you get them, that you know how to properly raise a pet and what to do if it gets out of control. Because a lot of the time there are minor corrections that you can make and you won't have to take them back and you'll be just fine. A dog can be your best friend. So I think that's going to do it. I'd like to round this out by saying at worst, by getting one of these books and listening to it all the way through, at worst, you're going to learn a little bit about some common misconceptions when it comes to raising a pet. I think you'll also probably learn that patience goes a really long way when it comes to raising a child as also raising a puppy. A lot of these things can be handled by just relaxing having a really calm, collected attitude when it comes to problems that may arise. I know better than most that that is exactly what happens when it comes to raising a kid. You need to have a lot of patience. They don't know what you know. They don't know the rules. They don't know the expectations from society. They don't understand all of the the little nuances and, and things that you have had a lifetime to learn. This also goes for a puppy. They learn very quickly and age much faster than a child, and you need to treat them that way. Take everything that I said with a grain of salt today, with the exception of make sure that you have a vet. On top of this, I want to make sure that I don't say go to just about any vet or any dog trainer that you know of. Again, like I'm recommending books here, but when it comes to a vet, you need to make sure that you're comfortable with them. It's the same that I said way back in episode seven when it came to therapy. It's the same for you. And it's the same for them. You need to make sure that you're comfortable with your vet, with your primary care physician. If you're not comfortable with the way that they do things or the way that they explain or don't explain different things, of course, prices is a big thing. We all know paying for insurance, whether it's pet insurance or <laughs> human insurance, it's not exactly cheap. And so, of course, like that that needs to be taken into consideration, but it also should be something that you're comfortable with, something that you can trust them and know that they're going to do everything within their power to make sure that you leave and your dog leaves having received the best care that they can provide. And so that's going to do it for this week. I hope you guys enjoyed. I hope I didn't offend any of you. Feel free to shoot me an email or contact me, all the normal places. But yeah, I, I think that's going to do it. And then the next episode of Persuade Me uh, should come out next week if everything goes right. So I'll see you then. Okay, bye.